Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, 2009. 2009. Yes. We're yes. back. We've been gone for, what, about two weeks, which seemed like a month? <laughs> yes, sir. Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Yes. And uh, we welcome you into 2009 with a hope for blessing and renewed faith and love and hope and charity. Yes. Brian, I'll I tell you what, I really miss coming on and uh, doing the show. I, I was quite, uh, nah, I wouldn't say I was bored, but I'll just say I, I really, really miss coming on and breaking bread and, and fellowshipping with you and all the other guests that uh, that call in and listen in. And just, we just have a, we have a wonderful time. And tonight, Brian, I think our show is going to be pretty powerful. We're going to talk about coming strong in 2009. Coming yeah, strong I like in that. 2009. I like that. Yeah. How many times have you seen and heard people say that they have New Year resolutions, but they only last for a short while. I want, Why do you think that is, Brian? You know, it's hard, it's hard to say. You know, people come up with their idea of what they want to do for the new year, and then it sort of like fades out. You know, it's like, hmm. And I, I think what happens is they don't put enough em- effort and emphasis on what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And then when life starts to, you know, come in, yes. then they get discouraged or maybe they get sidetracked, you know, or maybe they just don't stay as focused. And so sometimes if it's not something that they make an absolute priority, then it just falls by the wayside. Yes. What about the ones, Brian, that say they're going to join the gym? Uh, you know I have a membership at the gym, and this time of the year for about three weeks it's pretty crowded and there's nowhere to park. And and I and I meet a lot of the guys in the locker room, and I'm talking with them, and they tell me my New Year's resolution is to lose 20 pounds and get rid of some of this gut. Mm-hmm. But when they come in the gym, a lot of times it's their first time ever signing up for a gym, and they are overwhelmed with all of the equipment, with all of the people that are in there, that it kind of overwhelms them a little bit. Now they really don't know what areas to hit, what exercise machines to get on. So my point in saying all that is a lot of times when people say, well, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, they probably don't know how to do it. And that discourages them from that couple of weeks that they're in there. They're pretty much on their own, and and they just figure, well, I'm just going to lose 20 pounds. I'm just going to go to the gym, and I'm just going to work out. Well, if you're just doing arms, you're not going to lose any stomach. Uh-huh. Your waistline is not going to get any smaller, and if you're doing, if you, you can work out all you want, but if you don't change your eating habits of when you eat, what times you eat, that way how much you gonna, eat, <laughs> yes, 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 and the things that you use in your food. I mean, you have to really plan for all of that stuff. You just can't say, "Well, I'm just going to lose 20 pounds and go in the gym and hit it hard," and when you get home, you're hungrier than you've been uh, any other time of the evening when you get in and you. Go in and you eat more, and a lot of times what happens is people gain more weight. Right, right. You know the other thing that happens is, and I, I guess we're going to talk about weight for a little while. <laughs> but the other thing that happens is, when they do start to gain weight, they get discouraged, not realizing that muscle is heavier than fat. Because hmm. I've had people to talk about how they were trying to lose weight and all they ever did was gain weight, and I, you know, I had to explain to them. I said, well, if you're losing, if you're toning up. Don't worry about how much you weigh. If you're toning yourself, you know, if you're getting toned up, what's happening is you're turning that that fat in the muscle. And so naturally you're going to, you know, one of the consequences of turning fat in the muscle is you're going to actually gain weight before you really lose weight. Mm. Because as that fat, you know, you're only going to have so much muscle on you, you know, and eventually all that fat is going to, you know, not going to all turn into muscle, but it's all going to pretty much melt away, and what's left is the muscle, which is leaner and a little heavier. So initially you'll gain weight, then you'll start to lose it. But that's if you're exercising and eating right. You know, and that's one of the things that most people don't tie into, you know, I'm going to lose 25 pounds. I'm going to go join the gym, and then, you know, like you said before, you go back and you eat the same foods or you eat more of those foods because – 
now that you've expended all that energy, you get hungrier. Right. right. And, Brown, what about the, the people that are saying, in 2009, I'm going to chase and attack my dreams like crazy, and I had one woman to say, in 2009, I'm going to find me a husband. Ooh. I'm going to find me a husband. You know, that's kind of scary because uh, if you're just looking for a husband, I'm sure you can find that. But are you looking for a quality man? What is it that you're looking for in this man? Because if you, you're afraid that your clock is ticking and you've been alone for so long and you just want a husband, I'm sure you can find that. But we don't want you to just run out and just marry. And I'm sure, you know, I'm I'm not being, uh, I'm not trying to be funny or smart, but it, it's it, it's a lot more to that than, you know, a person just saying, I'm just going to go out and find my husband. I know they're not just saying they're going to run out and find a husband, but, Brian, what, what are the missing elements and parts of uh, a woman that wants a husband in 2009? What is it? that's missing uh, or something that she needs to be cautious about when doing that? Well, I always say don't go looking for anything that you can't handle. Mm. So if you're looking for something, make sure you're ready for it when it gets there. You know, well, and when it, comes, when it comes to a woman looking for a husband, so you know my saying, I, I always say that it. women should not go looking for husbands. It should be the husband that searching for a wife. <laughs> and so, you know, if your New Year, ladies, if your New Year's resolution is, I'm going to find me a husband, stop right there. It's not going to happen the way it should. She's out of line. You might, find, you you might find a man. Now, I ain't going to say you're not going to find a, a husband. You might find one. But <laughs> it's going to be a little bit tougher. It's going to be a little bit tougher. You to, if you're looking for the man and you just go find that man right. versus if you just make yourself, I, won't, I don't want to say available because that's too, that's too risque a word, I guess. If you just make yourself appropriately available to where it's not, you're not looking, but if one comes your way and he is the one that you believe is the right one, and see, it's all about what kind of man you're looking for. If you're looking for any old man, heck, <laughs> go ahead, go right ahead. But you have to be very specific on what type of man you want. Well, Brian, how, how should she carry herself now in 2009? Should she change the way she dressed? Should she act as though she's already married? Uh, what should she do? Well, you know, I always say that you don't want to put on a show. You don't want to just put on a show. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to you want to be able to say, okay, this is what I want to do. You know, I want to find me a husband. So I'm not going to act like I'm already married. I'm just going to present myself to when a man sees me, he says, this is the type of woman that I want to marry. Mm. You know, you can't just go out there and be wide open and say, well, I need me a man. Any, which one of y'all looking for a wife? You can't do that because most guys are going to be like, man, I ain't touching that. That one's there. That's a wild one there. You know, you yeah. can't be too bold. Yeah. You know, but if you're just being, if you're, if you're making yourself available in a sense where you're not just saying, oh, I don't want him cross him off. I don't want him cross him off. I don't want him cross him off. You know, make yourself available. Right. But, Brian, what about the man that's looking for the wife in 2009? Mm. What about the man? Where should, where should he go to find this woman that he's looking for? Uh, should he keep, continue going to the clubs? Oh, well, if he's looking for a club woman, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my thing is, um, I, I, I think that if you're looking for a husband, if you're looking for a wife, I think you need to look within first, make yourself mm -hmm. happy, and I believe it will just happen on its own. But there are some things that you can do as far as uh, keeping yourself uh, looking beautiful and appropriate, and, and, and I think it all starts with every morning that you wake up, how you see yourself. How do you see yourself? Because... How you see yourself is gonna—that's what's gonna be presented to others that see you. 
and they'll be able to tell, is this a confident person? Is this person, this person know what they want? Is this person always changing their mind? What is it about this person that stands out? And, Brian, I think once we start taking care of ourselves and doing the things and believing the things that we want, and all those things will line up. Everything has to line up. I believe that. So, Brian, what would you say to that man that's out there that's lonely, that maybe uh, lost his wife uh, to death or to divorce, or he's just lonely and wanting someone, and also the woman that's out there that maybe just got divorced and was in a domestic relationship, domestic violent relationship, and uh, she's afraid to open herself up to find a husband or, or have someone come up to her to be um, her maid or whatever. Whew. You know, that's a tough one because, you know, I, I really try not to give too much of my own personal advice when it comes to that because, you know, nobody really has the right answer. You know, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to tell somebody, well, this is the way you want to do it, that's the way you want to do it, because if it doesn't work, then they're looking like, hey, you know, you left me out there to drive. <laughs> that's true, that's true. That's true. Well, let's move on to a person following their dreams. You know, we all have our dreams. We all we are all so curious about who and why we were created. And, and in 2009, a lot of us are saying, I'm tired of living paycheck to paycheck. I want a new job. I want to start my own company. I want to do all of these things. But, Brian, just in your thinking, where do we start? Where does all of this start? In the mind. Yeah, and what about the what do you think we need to change the people that's in our inner circle? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it really if, if your inner circle is not comprised of the people who are like-minded with you, then yeah, you got to change that. You can't be in you can't be wanting to build rockets and you hang around with people who who can't build a sentence. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. Well, what about what if most of these people are just family members that that or just having fun every Friday or every Saturday, whatever days of the week that they meet, and they're just hanging out and they're just doing their thing. You think they need to just cut these people loose, or, or what should they do? Well, it all depends. Are these people uh, helping you, or are they hurting you? You know, are these people uh, in your corner, or are they pushing you out of the corner? You know. Right. Right. I, I guess what I'm saying is with with this New Year's resolution, I think we really need to look a little bit deeper into what it is that we want. I think we need to nail that down of what, be specific, like you said, what is it that you want? Because if you don't know what you want, you're just going to be out there just just in the open, just moving and doing absolutely nothing. You, you've have, you ever heard the saying, Brian, I, I worked so hard, and I was working so hard on this, but I uh, I gained nothing. I achieved nothing. Mm-hmm. I've heard that before. Yeah, we have you to know. know. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, you know, I, I really believe that if you're working, if you're actually working towards an achievable goal, then you have gained something, even if it's just exercise. Mm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Even if it's just exercise. Well, you know, I, I tell you what, it, it is absolutely amazing that uh, we say all these things of what we want and how we're going to do these things, and, and we're going to do this and we're going to do that, and we get out there, we hit that bump in the road, that first negative thing or that thing that stops us, and we say, forget this, I'll just go back to doing what I was doing, and, you know, that's not so bad. It's not so bad. My life is not so bad to where I am right now. Uh, but what I really want to do, my dream, I'm having problems getting there. I'm having those problems. So, Brian, what do you think a person needs to do as far as when they get to that road, they get to that, that, that obstacle that, that says, okay, this is not going to be easy? What, should they, what do you think they need to do? Well, nothing that's worth having is ever going to be easy. I mean that's 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 my initial thought that if it's worth having, it's not going to be just something that you can just walk around and and just pick right up and no big deal. You know, I, I really believe that if it's worth having, it's worth working for. 
Because if you got it easy, like the old sayings, easy come, easy go. Yeah. You know, but Greg, the real thing is, what do you believe people really want to achieve in 2009? Mm. You know, I mean, that's, that's the thing that's been weighing heavily on my mind. I mean, I have some, some goals, and I was just talking to my, my oldest daughter. She'll soon be 12 years old, and, you know, she's, she's got this mind of a young entrepreneur. She wants to be in a band. She wants to start her own business, and she's 11 years old. You know, she's been talking about this for at least three years. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it has been because she's seen me talk about starting my own business, and then when I have my business, staying at, you know, doing what I'm doing and so forth. So she's seen me, and she wants to emulate that. Mm-hmm. You know, but she's, I was asking her about her goals. What are your goals for this year? You know, so she started to tell me what her goals were, and I said, well, what are your priorities? And she didn't understand the difference. So as I explained it to her, I said, well, you have a lot of goals that you set, and a lot of them can be achievable goals. But you got to have something that's going to take precedence, something that's going to be something that you focus on more so than the other things that you're doing. Those become your priorities. That's what's most important. You know, like they play violin, and I told her, I said, well, one of the things your goal is to get better at playing the violin, and you want to win a competition. I said, and you want to do well in school and get all A's. Your priorities are going to be that you're going to make sure that you get all A's because that's first. That's your priority. Mm-hmm. You know, playing violin is fun and it's a luxury. You know, it's also something that helps you to achieve your other goals, like staying focused so you can get better grades and so forth. But it's not a priority over your grades. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think that's what most people don't do. They don't really set when they're setting their goals, they just have a bunch of goals that they want to set, and they say, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to do. But they don't make anything a real priority, and so they're trying to do all these other goals, and they're trying to fit them all in. And they don't have a priority, so they really don't have anything that they stay truly focused on. Right. I, 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 think, I think to answer your question, I think what people want, they want more. They want better. They want because on television, everything is just so wide open. Uh, I, I guess what a lot of people see when they see television, they see negativity. But if you really look at television, it's, the opportunities are there. They're telling you, if you look at the commercials, they're telling you you could do this, you could do that. But now the people that they're talking to are people with money. Right. Most of the people that they're talking to are people that you know with money. So... I think what everybody wants is they want to come up. They want to raise their level a little bit. They want to raise their living conditions a little bit. And when I say living conditions, I'm not talking about the house. and the, I mean the status. They want to come up and have more. They, they, right. they don't want to struggle. People are tired of struggling. But I think uh, what happens is when you're chasing your dreams and attacking your dreams and your goals, you get knocked off focus with life. You may get that phone call that somebody's died in your family, and that may knock you back. But you can't let it because even though their life has stopped, your life has to continue as long as you're breathing. You're going to have to fight because if it was really that easy for everyone to be uh, as successful as they see people on television, then everybody would have that. But it's not. You're going to have to fight through these obstacles. You will get there if you be patient and continue to focus and stay focused on what it is that you want. Fight mm-hmm. for it. Fight for it and fight for it because it's not going to be easy. People are going to come against you. For whatever reasons they're coming against you, I don't know. I can't say. But if you stay focused and stay patient and, and just don't stop, just you can't have that attitude, well, I'll stop today, I'll pick up next time. Brian, I guarantee if you talk with a lot of your friends that had New Year's resolutions, they've had those probably same New Year resolutions every year for the last 10 years, and they probably never achieved those. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and it's funny because when you were saying it, I was thinking, it's the same resolution that they're saying every year. Yeah, I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they never achieve it because – you know, they keep doing the same things looking for a different outcome, and we all know what that means. 
You know, <laughs> that's the definition of insanity. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. but the other reality behind that is that a lot of times, like you said earlier, people really don't know the steps behind achieving a goal. You know, they want to lose those 10 pounds, but they don't understand the method that you have to use mm-hmm. or the steps you have to take in order to lose those 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You and, know? And that, yeah, that's the thing. I think if um, if we plan it right, I mean, we have to stay stay on track. We have to plan it out of what we're going to do and stay at it, stay focused, do a little bit at a time because as you plan those things out, you're being successful. You're reaching uh, each and every one of the goals on there. Okay, let's say we're talking about losing weight. You go in the gym. Okay, you figure out what machines you're going to need, need to use before you go in there. Mm-hmm. Because, again, if you're the, you know, going into a gym this time of year, you're going to be overwhelmed with all the people. A lot of the machines are not going to be available. You're gonna to have to find out when is the best time to go in. If it's you know if you're forced to go in right after work, then call ahead and find out when the, when is you know what's the busiest time. What 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 uh, the cardio um, exercise machines? When are they most available? When can I get to them? Or when can I talk with a staff member that can tell me that I need to work on my stomach? What my abs? What machines should I use? And you plan it out. Go online and Google it. Everything is there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything you want is online. Yeah, you can not just hard make to find it all. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you have to invest your time. It's just like going to a college and you're going to buy a car. You, you're going to look it up. You're going to do your research. Do the same things with your dreams and your goals. Do the exact same thing. And, Brian, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Look up people that are very successful and read their books. And see what they did. And I guarantee you they had some obstacles that they had to overcome. And a lot of the obstacles were huge. If they were able to do it, you and I are able to do it. We all can Absolutely. do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. You know, Greg, one of the things that I, I was thinking about, and, you know, I was riding down the street today and I was thinking about, some of the my uh, you know some of the things that I want to do this year and one of them and I talked to you about it a couple of weeks ago is I wanted to start a foundation. Mm-hmm. And so I start putting a lot of my stuff together on how I wanted to do it and what I wanted to do in that foundation uh back, you know, the last over the Christmas break and I thought about the impact that my foundation would have and well what type of impact I wanted to have. You know, and I said before I actually put the ink down on the paper to, you know, to file and incorporate it and do all that stuff, I'm going to have my whole mission, my goals, what I plan to achieve and accomplish for the year written out and put on and placed down on paper. And I'm just going to put it out in front of me and I'm going to have it paste. From the month that I start to the end, exactly what I want to do. That way, I don't have to waste time in trying to figure out, okay, now i got my foundation. What am I going to actually do? How am I going to get it done? I want to have it all set up and laid out and ready so that when, I, when the ink dries on the paper for me getting the business incorporated, you know, the foundation started, you know, officially started, that I'm ready to go. You know, and I think that's another thing that people do. They'll start a business or they'll start an organization, you know, and I did that initially, and that's what made me think about it. When I first started my business, I really didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I just know I wanted to do something. Right. You know, I didn't really have an actual focus, and, you know, I was the product of my business, you know, but I really wasn't. I really didn't write down, you know, and that's why it made me think about it. I really didn't write down exactly what I wanted to achieve in my first year or my second year or my third. I didn't write any of that stuff down. I just said, I started my business. This is what I want to do. I'm going to make some business cards. I'm going to pass them out, and then people are going to call me and ask me to come do stuff that's related to my business. Right. And, you know, I did all that, 
and it didn't happen the way that I thought it would. It didn't take off. And so I'm like, well, dang, what do I do? And I think that's what a lot of people do when they start businesses is they uh, they start the business basically marketing their product to sell it, you know, mm-hmm. versus marketing their business to sell their product. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, and then they and then they really don't have a real achievable goal other than the the business plan that they put together to show the numbers, and they have all the numbers out of what they, how much money they want to, you know, make and their forecast and all that great stuff. But they never put out what they want their, how far they want their business to go, or, you know, they'll have their market plan of what where they want to market or who they want to market to. But they never say how well they want to grasp that market. Right. You know. Right. And it's always, and usually when they have their business, their business are always done in terms of how much money they can make versus how well they can make their business better. Right. Or how how fast can they make you know x amount of dollars to pay back the loan that they might have taken out versus how can I promote my business so that I can actually work towards a debt-free, you know, business plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. You're right. You're right. And, and Brian, you know, like when you and I started our business, our business was pretty much, you know, we weren't debt-free, but we didn't really have a whole lot of debt built into it. Right. You know. Right. And I know I didn't when when I first started mine. I didn't really think about how much money I'd have to spend to do this, to do that. I sort of just said, okay, what do I need to do? How much does it cost? Okay, I'll do it. Or, no, I ain't going to do that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, and I never really sat down and said, okay, if I want to do this, this is how much it's going to cost me to get to this level, but do I really want to get to that level right now, or do I want to grow my business and allow my business to shape itself, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But you know, Brian, uh, our, our our friend and, and best-selling author Brian Lynch is in the chat room, and he and he made a statement which is which is very very powerful. And Brian, you know him as as everybody else is out there listening. They know Brian Lynch. He said that why wait to the new year to start a resolution? Why even why why do that? Why wait? And if you're going to make a New Year's resolution, why not start doing it now? Why you know don't wait till uh, January 1st of the next year to do it. You could do it anytime. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. You don't, and, you you know, don't have to wait till the new year to have, you know, to have a New Year's resolution. Yes. And, you know, and, and I'm going to make a daily resolution. You know, that's yes. That For some reason, Brian, we can barely hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said, why wait? You know, you can have a daily resolution. Doesn't have to be a New Year's resolution. Uh, you know, I, I I believe what it is. A lot of times, is Brian, it's when people uh, they use that as a crutch. They use it as an excuse. I'm I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait, and then they they never really do it. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, I I tell you what, I, I've learned a lot from a lot of people. Um, and and I learn from their mistakes, and I listen to a lot of the shows that, that's on the Internet. Let me tell you, anything that you want to do, you can learn how to be efficient at what it is that you want. Any goal, any dream that you have, you can attain that. You can reach that. If you focus on what it is that you want, write it down. You have to write it down. And you have to have a plan to know this is how I'm going to get there. And every day you work on that plan and you do something every single day towards that. And before you know it, you will reach that goal and that dream and you will go further and further if you continue. Because in anything that we've ever wanted to do, if anything you want to do, if you're giving it 100% and not worry about your heart being broken, and not worry about any of that. Your heart won't be broken if you give it all you have and know that you gave it everything that you have. And along the way, sometimes you 
you know, you, you may start a certain business and you move, you're giving it 100% over here, and for the better, you've turned, and you may run into someone that says, hey, maybe I can help you do this with your business. And everything just start lining up when you're persistent, when you don't quit, when you know what it is that you want. And sometimes, Brian, what we have to do is cut a lot of our time away from the people that are not like-minded like us. I mean, oh, yeah. No no doubt about it. And, Brian, one thing about people and one thing about life is demanding your time. People calling you on the telephone, those five minutes that you're talking about absolutely nothing, you've been doing that before, stop it tonight. Stop it. If it's just a conversation that's just wasting your time and it's not helping you, stop it. I know people like to talk with you. What They want your time. They want your time. Be real careful with your time. Because if, if, if you hear my voice, that means you woke up this morning. Mm-hmm. You are now one day closer to your death. You're one day closer. And every day that you wake up, you're getting closer and closer to that. Are you... Are you and a lot of us, Brian, we're so much closer to our death than we are to reaching our dreams and our goals. Mm-hmm. So at some point, we're gonna to have to say, "Listen, this is what I want to do. This is the difference between you and a Michael Jordan, or you and a Phil Mickelson, or you and a Tiger Woods. The difference is that person has been persistent. They went after it. They didn't let anything stop them. They cut a lot of people out of their lives totally. Sometimes you have to do that." Especially yep. the ones, Brian, that you know that are negative and telling you what you can't do. If that person don't have your best interest in hand and they're not telling you something positive, why are you hanging around them? You know, Greg, I was thinking about something uh, when you said that. I was thinking about how you said sometimes you ought to cut these people out of your life, especially the negative ones. Mm-hmm. You know, think about how different Michael Vick's life would be right now if he had taken that type of advice from someone, if someone would have told, if he would have listened and adhered that to his life and his lifestyle. Because, you know, his decision to keep it real and have, you know, his little dog fighting ring thing and all that thing, you know, and people know the truth. You know, a lot of people want to trivialize the fact that, oh, it's just a dog or whatever. But, you know, I look at the fact that it was something that was illegal, you know, and he did it. And so if it's illegal and you did it and you know it's not legal, you know, you have to pay the consequences. Now, I think, personally, his consequences were a little stiff, you know, because I've seen people who have shot people who have gotten less time. But, you know, the facts remain. He did it wrong, you know, and part of it was the fact that the people that he had in his circle were, you know, still there negatively influencing him, and he was accepting that negative influence and acting upon it, mm-hmm. you know. And so when you think about it, really think about the consequences. I mean, think about the actual consequences of your actions. You know, is does this make sense? Hey, I know this is fun, but will this kill me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes. And, Brian, we have another good friend of ours that's a best-selling author as well, Tony Gaskins. I spoke with him just this morning. And, 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 and that's one of the things that he said, that, this is the one of the biggest problems with our youth, not knowing who they are, not knowing who their real friends are. If you go online and Google Tony Gaskins, he's got a new book out. It's called Reclaim Our Youth. Mm-hmm. Get the book. It's only $10. If you can't or don't know how to reach our kids or our youth, then how will they know who they are? Somebody's going to have to step in and say, listen, this person is negative. To them, it looks like, just like you said, it looks to them like it's fun. Oh, it's fun driving around, uh, going to see girls that are stripping or, they, or, or drinking. It's, that's, it seems fun to them. It seems like fun. Mm-hmm. But, Brian, when they leave that party and they're driving home and they kill a family, see, it's no more fun. It, it, it's no more fun in that. It, it, it's no fun waking up and finding yourself in jail and you're heading off to prison when you were a good student in school and your family did everything and they warned you, well, listen, you know, you have choices. If you want to drink, this is what's going to happen. There's a price to pay for everything that you do. 
Oh, yeah. Can you accept the consequences of what's going to happen? If you cannot accept those consequences, do not do it. It's the same thing, Brian, planning. It's the same thing. Oh, yeah. You know, and sadly, too many people never take that advice. Mm. You know, they never take that advice. They never even begin to listen to that advice. You know, but Greg, you know the best thing about having a new year come in? You know, because we're talking about these resolutions that people are making and how to do it. You know, when people hear the new year, it's sort of a an awakening. And I know some, you know, some people say, yeah, but it dies off after a while. Well, not with everybody. You know, I think it's great that people decide to start over again. You know, you get a fresh start. You can try this stuff, you know, see if it works this time. You know, I think that's just great that people have that mindset to want to start over. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. It's never too late for that. No, not at all. It's never too late. But don't say, well, I'm going to start over tomorrow. I'm going to start over this day. I'm going to do No. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. If, if you're going to do it, do it now. If you if you're gonna do it, do it now. And Brian, something that we didn't really want to touch on too much. We have Brian Lynch in the chat room, and I made the statement. And we were talking about women finding a husband, and what are some of the things that they can do to find that husband in '09. Mr. Lynch said the same things that they were doing in 2008. They need to take time to know the person, and hold out on sex until there's a commitment. And I'm sure that commitment oh, yeah. that he's talking about is marriage. I hope that's what he's talking about. <laughs> if you go in on Google, type in the name Brian, middle name O, last name Lynch, The Rules of Love is the name of his book. The Rules of Love. It'll, it'll, it'll stop a lot of you from having a lot of the heartache and a lot of the, the foolishness that, that's going on out there in the games when it comes down to relationships. It is absolutely crazy. We can cut out a lot of that stuff when we have a plan. And know that the person that you're trying to date or the person that you have an eye for, you can figure out if this is a positive person or a negative person. If it's a lot of negative energy coming from this person, cut it loose. Don't waste your time. Your time is so, Brian, time is precious. Our time it is so precious, and we waste so much of it. We can't get it back. What happened yesterday, what we did, we cannot get that back. And before you know it, we're all older and we can't do a lot of the things that we used to could do. And then when we find out that we really didn't utilize the tools or the things that we used to do well, we didn't, we, we, we want to do it now. And now you're too old and you can't do it. Your body won't allow you to do it. Oh, I guess those are the ones that I should have, would have, could have. You know those kind of people, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> I should have did this. I should have did that. You know, and and, the, and I'm sorry, I, I mispronounced the book. It's The Rules to Love. The Rules to Love is a book by Brian Lynch. Google it, get the book. Um, it's it's a it's a wonderful book. It's an easy read and it's something that you can follow. And uh, I'll tell anyone, Brian, if 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 it's going to help you, get it. If you feel that you're having problems, if you have some things you just don't know, you're stuck. You have to go outside and try to find something. Always learn a way, find out a way that you can educate yourself, not wait on someone else to always show you or, or wait on life experiences to teach you because I can tell you, life experience, it is the best, but it's also, it, it hurts. It hurts. Oh, yeah. If a person is, has wisdom and they know what they're talking about and you follow it and it helps you, hey, I'm all for it. But, Brian, back to the youth. You and I love dealing with the youth. This oh, yeah. New Year's resolution thing, we, you really don't hear a lot of that from the youth. It's usually from older people. Mm-hmm. The youth usually don't have um, resolutions. They just live and they just, just go out and, and they just, it seems like every year they get a little wild. They get more, they just get wild, wild, and it just grows and grows and grows. And it just seems like no one can connect with them. 
I think if you're going to make a New Year's resolution, if you have any type of degree, if you have, if your job uh, says this, 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 and, and, and you're a trainer, and the only people that you're training are the people that are like-minded like you, and you're working together, and you're a social worker or something in that, along those lines, and, you're, and, and the only work that you're doing is around other social workers, then you're wasting your time. You need to be teaching the ones that don't know the things that you're talking about. These yeah. are the people that you should reach out to. Would yeah, you, you know, I, I totally agree, Greg. You know, I remember when when I was young, and I would see, like, the guys in my neighborhood that would be doing the wrong, and you would always find one person or two people. Like, in our case, we had people that worked for the Parks and Rec, and there was always just one guy who would go above and beyond. And in my neighborhood, there was two guys. One guy, his name was Butch. And the other guy, his name was Skeet. And Butch and Skeet were brothers. You know, now they didn't look like brothers, but they were brothers. And, you know, and one was dark-skinned and one was light-skinned, you know. And you could always count on Butch looking out for you at, when you were coming to the Parks and Rec. And then when it came to Skeet, you could always count on Skeet making sure that everybody got where they needed to go if there was something going on with the parks and rec, you know. Like every Friday we go to the skate ring, Skeet would make sure that every kid was able to go, mm. you know. And he'd take that bus wherever you lived. He would come by, pick you up. If you needed to ride home, he'd take you home. And it had the little, well, we call it a bus, but it was more like a passenger van. You know, in the Parks and Rec, they would take us to where we could go and have fun, and it only would cost $2. Now, $2, you can skate for three hours. They give you a hot dog and a soda. And nowhere on the planet because you get it that cheap. Right. You know, but what they would do is they would leverage the amount of money that the kids were spending, you know, with the fact that, hey, we're going to bring in 50, 60 kids, and they get somebody to sponsor it. You know, because they knew that otherwise these kids would be in the streets running around doing stuff wrong. And these were, these were two guys that looked out for us, you know. And that's why I, to this day, have a passion for youth. You know, I look after youth. I, I try to keep up with them when they see me. You know, Greg, I was telling you about how the other day when I was putting my Christmas gifts out, well, Christmas uh, decorations in the yard and everything, that I had these kids that uh, came by and they kicked holes in my gifts to try to see if there was something in them. You know, and I took these bo big boxes and wrapped them in Christmas wrapping, you know, just to make it like a yard decoration. And I had the little, you know, spiral Christmas tree in the yard. You know, just something. And I, had, I had, hadn't really done any Christmas decorations other than just putting a couple lights on the, on the outside. So this one, this year I decided to just do it a little bigger, you know. And so I did all this, and the kids come by. And when they walk by the second time, you know, they uh, I asked them a question because, you know, I heard them out there, and they were probably like 11, 12 years old. They were swearing up a storm. I mean, they were cursing like sailors. And I just asked them a couple questions, you know. And then one little boy basically just ratted everybody else out. He asked me, so what's in the box? And the other kid said, ain't nothing in the box. <laughs> you know, but... It was the fact that I wasn't afraid to say something to them that when they walked, when they left walking from, you know, from coming down the street, when they were coming down my street, they were cursing up a storm. But after I talked with them, they weren't cursing anymore as they left because they knew that I was going to say something to them if they cursed. Right. So that was the first thing I said. I said, hey, I said, what did you just say? You know, and one kid, you could tell he was a little ringleader. And, uh, I said, was that you cursing? I said, why are y'all cursing like that? What's wrong with y'all? And he said, nothing. Ain't nothing wrong with us. I said, it's got to be something wrong. Why are y'all cursing like that? You know? And so I think I'm saying all that to say that I think that we have to be, have to be, have to be involved in our youth, in, in the lives of our youth. We have to be. There are so many men that are not that are at home, live at home with their children, and are not involved enough 
in their children's lives to where they don't have a clue what's going on in their children's lives. They don't have a clue. You know, Greg, and you know this because I talk, I talk to you about it all the time, but there's one thing I do with my children. Every day I ask them, how was your day? You know, and I did that so much to now I don't have to ask them. They come home and say, Daddy, guess what I did today? <laughs> or, you know, or if they're in a bad mood, I know right away. Right. You know, if they're not feeling good, I know right away. If something's wrong, I know right away they can't. I've gotten it. I've gotten to a point where they can't hide anything from me because I've already been around and I've watched them and I've nurtured them so much that I understand their actions and I know when something's wrong. Most fathers don't have that ability. Mm-hmm. Most people don't have that ability, but it's not a, an ability that's not, you know, that's unattainable. It's it comes through being there. It comes through being present, and it comes through actually caring enough to want to know what's going on. Right. But you know, Brian, I you know, I was, when, when when I was saying that uh, a lot of the people that have the PhDs and have studied all of this stuff about. Uh, people and psychiatry and they're doing all these things but in their surroundings in their environment it's not needed it's not needed it may not be needed in their environment so i'm i I want to challenge anyone that you have that knowledge and you're not in an environment where it's needed then you need to change your environment you need to come out of the gated community and go to the areas where their uh, crime is a big issue. That's what you have it for. That's what you learn that knowledge for. If you if you if that's not why you learn what you learn, then you have a selfish degree. If, if you're just trying to make all the money that you can make, then that's just flat out selfish. If you can't go back and and, and teach these people the things that you know, think about it, Brian. Mm-hmm. We graduate more doctors. We have more social workers in the world than ever before. We're graduating more people ever before. People can go to school online and never step foot on the campus. They're making everything so easy. But why is it that crime is at its highest rate of all time? What is it? What is, where, where are we failing in uh, reaching out to our youth? You know, I, I think it's a disconnect because... So many of our youth aren't being talked to. So many, you know, you know how many times I can go up and talk to a kid, and then that, then I can't get rid of that kid, so to speak, because they aren't being talked to by anybody else. Mm-hmm. They were so, you know, unaware that somebody cared. That when somebody did show that they cared, they, those kids were like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you can't leave," because. You know, it's like, ladies, I can't eat just one. I want some more of that, that kindness or that friendship or that 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 thing that I've never had before that I've been missing, that I've been needing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's kids right now that when I see them, they have a whole conversation for me. When When you first met them, they could barely get a word out. You know? It's almost like, Brian, when we went out to the detention center, to teach Bible study at a detention center. Who would have ever thought that kids would be sitting by the windows waiting for us to come? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bible study. Wait. Rounding up the other kids to come. Yes. And getting on their cases when they don't. Yes. Now, we're not talking about, you know, uh, nice little church-going kids. We're talking about kids that were in trouble for doing crime. And, Brian, uh, just to show an example of how far these kids were out there, we would get we would be asked questions like, how do you know there is a God? How was this world created? Questions like that. You know what? I had a kid ask me. Um, the other day, if there is a God, if Adam and Eve were first, what happened to the dinosaurs? 
<laughs> you know, and he made. I had to actually go to the Bible and show him where the animals came first. And I had to let him know a dinosaur is an animal. You know, and he's like, well, if they were made first, I said, you know, and then you know, we, so we got into this debate about days. I said, how long do you think a day lasts in man, you know, in in God's eyes? It's but a, it, it's like a blink of an eye. A million years could be a blink of an eye for God, you know. <laughs> and so, when I was explaining it to him, he understood. He's like, oh, okay. Because for years, people had told him, there's no God. Because how could Adam and Eve be first? Wouldn't the dinosaurs have eaten them? <laughs> you know? It sounds it sounds uh, crazy, but if you don't go in places where help is needed, then you wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. How, can, how can lawyers and judges come up to me and ask me, how are you able to connect with these kids? With your educational background, how can you not know how to go in there and talk with them? You don't have a problem talking to them once they've come in your place, in your environment, in your courtroom, or your law office. You don't have a problem talking to them then. It's all about money. Oh, they'll talk to them then. Oh, well, as long as they come to me, they get in trouble, they need to get out, I'll help them. Are you really helping them? Or, or, or are you doing it for the contract, the money? Now, once this person, uh, is, you get this person, you help them out of that, and they've paid you, what are you going to do to the next one to stop it? Or do you really want to stop it? I don't want to stop it. Why stop the cash flow? Now, that's where the real problem is. That That's <laughs> a big problem. Not realizing that that could be the next CEO. Not realizing that that could be the next person to run his law firm for him where he could sit back and watch because maybe that kid decided one day that instead of doing crime, I'm going to be like this lawyer because he helped me get out of trouble. You and know? Believe it or, yeah, and Brian, believe it or not, all those lawyers and all those judges, you had to have someone to help you get where you are. You can't do everything on your own. I don't of course care. not. What it is that you're trying to do, you cannot do it by yourself. You will pick up a phone, or you will ask someone, I need some help. I, it's something that I don't know. I don't you will call in a favor. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if it's your professor or high school teacher or mom or best friend. If you don't know, you're going to have to ask somebody. You can't learn everything on your own. You won't. <laughs> it's not that you can't. You won't. I think Brian, what happens is a lot of people, and, and, and this is a New Year's resolution. We've heard it before. I'm going to go out and help those that need help. And they go one time, and it's an experience. It's not like what they thought it would be. They thought that everybody would be humble, humble down to them and to be thankful that they came out. No, it's not like that. Now, I'm not saying all of the kids won't be that way or all of the people won't be that way, that won't be thankful that you came out. They, they, a lot of them are thankful. But if you're a politician and you're only coming out to the communities whenever you need a vote, how do you think mm-hmm. people are going to treat you? You, you know, it's funny. Church, I... you, you, you come into church and, you, and, and they allow you to get up in the pulpit and, and, or come up before the congregation and speak, and you have the nerves that after you speak, you don't stay through the entire service, you get up and leave. You know what? I was just about to say that. I remember there was a time where uh, there were it was right around the, uh, the election time, and there were a couple of politicians who would come to our church to visit. Now there's, there's actually one in particular. I'm not going to name it, but he would always come by. He always came by. He always, you know, made his face known. He was always doing stuff aside from you know just coming by and say, "Hey, come vote for me." You know, and I can I can recall him coming by the church at least ten to fifteen times over the past year. You know, so he would always come by and visit. So you knew he wasn't just trying to be there just to get a vote. He was actually coming by to fellowship, talk to people, ask questions, answer questions, you know. And so it was more than just, you know, him trying to make sure everybody would vote for me. You know. But when the election got close, 
you start seeing all of the other politicians pop up. And I remember one Sunday, uh, there was one person who came by, and our pastor typically does not acknowledge people until the end of service. And so he sees you when you come in, of course. He knows who you are. He knows pretty much, you know, for the most part why you're there, you know, unless you're coming to worship. So, you know, the couple of folks that hadn't he hadn't seen all year come pop in, and you know it's election time, they're running for office. And so at the end when he starts, you know, recognizing some of the people who were there, he starts pointing out the folks that left. Oh, well, they came by, but I didn't acknowledge them, you know, at the beginning, so they, I guess they couldn't stay. Uh, y'all know who to vote for. <laughs> he said, if you can't stay and worship with us, don't expect our vote. You know, but, yeah, you get that where these guys come up and they show up and, you know, they're showing up just to get a photo op or just to, you know, so somebody will say, hey, you know, I saw you there. Yeah, sure, you know. You're doing great things in that neighborhood. I saw you at the event, you know, but they never go back to find out how they how their presence was taken or how their presence was needed more, you know. Yeah. And to those guys who do that, you know, I just think that's kind of like, you know, don't come. You know, I mean, that's just what I'll say. You know, if you're gonna just show up for a photo op or just show up just to say I was there, don't show up. Don't come. And when you you know the ones that go into the detention center. And they go in for five minutes to get their picture taken. The kids don't have a clue what it's all about. And they show up and talk for five minutes or they come in and talk for, I don't care if they speak for two hours. The kids don't know you and you can't connect with them. You're wasting your time. Mm -hmm. If it's just for advertisement, then that's just what it is. Because you will not reach them if you don't come out and spend time with them. It, it, it is... Um, it is what it is, and these kids are so smart. They yeah. know if you care about them. They know why you're there. It only takes them a couple of seconds. That's all they're going to give you. Is a, they, they're only going to give you a couple of seconds to see if you're genuine. They can mm -hmm. see through everything that you've been taught. They can see through all of that, the part that if you're not genuine and you're not sincere, they can see through it, and they will shut you down. They won't respond. Or if they, and they, or, or some of them, Brian, will, will go as far as to disrespect you. Mm-hmm. You know, the funniest thing I remember seeing when this person was trying to connect with the kids by trying to talk like the kids talk. Oh, goodness. That's the worst. And I just laughed. I just, And I was sort of like laughing to myself. And so one of the kids actually came up to me and said, man, Mr. Brian, that dude think he hip. Hey, we already know he a sucker. <laughs> and I was like, don't call the man a sucker. I said, he's trying to help y'all. He's like, well, he need to be himself. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wow. Now, here's a kid who's tough, who's, you know, out there and, you know, always in trouble. And he's telling, he's saying, if you want to help me, help me. Be yourself. Be real with me. Oh, yeah, tell, you know, he's saying, it. be real with me. They don't want you to sugarcoat it. You know? But, again, I, I want to say, you know, we got about a minute left in the show, and I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. I also thank our guest in the chat room, my friend, good friend Brian Lynch. Uh, thanks for showing up. We hadn't heard from you in a while, buddy. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just want to say that it's the year 2009. We are on the dawn of a new age, the age of change. I want to just admonish everyone out there to prepare yourself. Pre get prepared. You know, everybody's saying it's going to get a little bit harder before it gets easier. I'm going to say it doesn't always have to be that way. That's right. Because what I believe is if you live beneath your means long enough you'll rise above them mm. with that being said you've been listening to the abundant solutions hour greg will you let everyone know who our guest is for wednesday night oh our guest wednesday night is mr roger kaiser and brian he is one of the guys in the white house boys the reform school here in florida oh you're gonna have to listen 
You're going to have to listen. That's going to be an awesome, I mean, that's going to be a show that I think will really set the tone for 2009 and what we do with the Abundant Solutions Hour. But with that being said, we thank you, good evening, God bless you, and good night.